Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. It's great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show. You know, our mission is to serve you with knowledge that empowers you so you make better financial decisions in your life. One of the best decisions you can ever make is to start saving early. I'm going to talk about the savings habits that will make you rich, not can make you rich, will make you rich. And the psychology that's so key with saving. Also, I don't want to overhype this. I just want to make sure you do it. There's a lot of problems with pharmacy errors because the big pharmacy chains putting way too much productivity pressure on their pharmacists and the pharmacy techs. And I got an important tip for you to make sure you're getting the medicine that you are actually prescribed by a doctor or nurse practitioner or physician assistant. So let's talk about saving. You know, I am obsessed with the idea when your child starts working that you right at that point, you get them saving for the future. I wrote forever ago in one of my first books about the idea of the daddy match. In my case, but it could be the mommy or daddy match or whatever, that I required all three of my children to get a regular job at age 15, whatever it was, but a place that they were getting actual paycheck. Both my daughters ended up working at 15 at restaurants and our son was a lifeguard, Red Cross certified, whatever, lifeguard. They all three took advantage of the mommy-daddy match. And what is that? That every dollar that the three of them did not spend and turned over to me at the end of summer went into a Roth IRA with a dollar matched by my wife and me. I think about my oldest daughter who's 34 who now has quite a bit of money that her Roth IRA is built up to from having started that at 15 and now has a meaningful retirement account at 34 years old that if you extrapolate because of the base already built up, even if she never put another dollar in, what that money is going to be worth 30 years down the road. And it was funny because all three of them, when we opened the Ross, there weren't even target retirement funds yet that would go far enough out in the future for them. So ultimately their portfolios are a little too aggressive, but it's okay because they got the money. Well, listen to this. Fidelity Investments put out a report that found that the average minor child's Roth was opened at age 13. 13! So my three kids were slackers at 15. That the message is getting through more and more 
And if you have an industrious kid who's doing whatever kind of work, it can be babysitting, it can be yard work, it can be whatever it is, that child learning the habit of saving money young, habits, good habits and bad habits form. This is a good habit that creates deferred gratitude. You know, a lot of times we can't wait because we want that today. It plays in the brain that we have this money and I'm trying to get you as a kid to put off the excitement of that money till down the road. Adults have the same issue, by the way. Or that shiny object, that electronics item or whatever it is that you really want to have now. It is a hard thing to cross this idea that I don't spend it today because it gives me all these choices down the road, gives me freedom down the road that I might not have versus I buy this item that before too long will be obsolete or broken or lost or whatever. How do I explain it? Deferred gratification. How do I create an excitement over that? It is having the discussion about the daydream. How would you feel if you put this money aside and it created this for you? Because if you don't create that expectation about the opportunity that not spending the money now creates, then the money is going to get spent. Goal setting is really important. Am I doing a bribe when my kids were young doing the, the match? Yeah. It's no different than the behavioral economics of an employer offering a match on a 401k. It gets people to participate who wouldn't otherwise. 13. I'm shocked that 13 is the average age. And it's got to be real work. Can't open a Roth if it's not real work. And have your kid involved in setting up that account. Because otherwise, they don't really connect to what that ultimately means. But starting early is everything. Because with an aging population, let me tell you, we're not going to be bailed out by the government. I mean, think about it. The politicians are so lame. Your congressman, your two senators, they are so lame that they don't want to tell you what has to happen to continue having the Social Security benefits that people have been used to. Because they don't want to tell you there's not enough money. And in order to continue the benefit, it's going to require that people pay more payroll taxes to fund Social Security. They don't have the guts. Your congressman, your two senators, they don't have the guts to do their job and tell you the truth when the truth is unpleasant. So what does that leave us with? That leaves with you and me having to make the tougher choices and make it happen for ourselves. Krista? Okay, Joseph in Virginia says, we booked a rental car about a month in advance at the airport through, should I say the car rental company's name? I don't I'll know the circumstance. Okay. Go ahead and say it. Thrifty. When we got there, it was the only rental car company with a line. There were tons of people who were waiting since 10 a.m. for a car, and it was 6 p.m. What? What? They told us that the wait time for a car was five hours. The manager from Hertz was helping out the thrifty workers handle the traffic, and they said it was like that every weekend. I looked online as I was standing there, and the website still allowed me to book a car at Thrifty, even though they had no cars. 
Can you look into this? Kudos to the Hertz manager, by the way. And I can't understand why anyone would work for one of these agencies. I have pictures too, if you'd like to see what it looked like. Oh, I know what it looks like because I told this story happened to me with another. See, Thrifty's owned by Hertz. Mm-hmm. And Hertz also owns Dollar. They own other companies. So that's why the Hertz manager was there. This happened to me with a different car. What happened to me too. with Dollar? Yeah in Washington, D.C., where I booked a car and I got there and there was a long line of people. All the car rental companies overbook. And sometimes their inventory management guess is right. Sometimes it guesses wrong. And so people could write in in response to what you've talked about, Joseph, about any of the companies owned by, there are three majors now. There's Enterprise that owns National and Alamo, and there's Avis that owns Budget, and then Hertz Dollar Thrifty. And they're segmenting the market for different profile customers, which is why they have these. But there's just these three companies now. Well, then you have Sixth, but that's not Sixth major, is right? is a smaller player, family owned from Europe, SIXT that's in more and more places in the U.S. The problem is they own these different brands under the umbrella but they don't inventory at most locations where Hertz may have had cars, but their discount brand Thrifty, they hadn't allocated enough cars to them, and they have these Hertz cars sitting unused, and then you've got the Thrifty customers giving up eight hours sitting there all day long. I mean, this is a terrible problem. I'm glad that you have brought it up, and I want to suggest an alternative that is working for more and more people when they get to the counter and they're out of cars. There are all these neighborhood rental locations. Enterprise pioneered it, but now more and more companies have off-airport locations. And often their car rates are cheaper and they will have vehicles available and hopefully they're open at the time that you've come into the airport and they say, no cars for you. You can get on your phone, Book a car at the closest off-airport location, take an Uber or Lyft to that location, and you'll probably end up spending much less, even with the cost of the Uber or Lyft, doing that. And also, Turo would be too hard to do at the last minute, but if you're not familiar with Turo, they are kind of like an Airbnb for car rentals, where you rent from an individual. We do get complaints about them, but we also hear a lot of people that are very satisfied. That's T-U-R-O. T-U-R-O. The car rental industry, though, is a real problem because of consolidation, having only these three companies. And they, as a business strategy, say, we're just going to disappoint a lot of people. We just don't know who they are and where it's going to be. This is from Stephen in Florida. I've been living in Central Florida for the past 15 years, and I'm not happy about how overpopulated it has become, and the cost of living has gone up. We're thinking about moving out of the state. It would be my wife and I and our eight-year-old daughter with a combined income of $125,000, no debt except for the mortgage. I know you've mentioned renting before purchasing when moving to another state, but I've been looking at new construction homes outside of the Houston, Texas area, and it seems like we would be able to purchase a home outright with the profit we make after we sell our home in Florida. Do you think this is a wise decision? Would you make the exception in this case? I would like to ask for your opinion as well as what state would you recommend moving to? Thanks for your weekly advice and all the YouTube videos. Well, first of all, Stephen, there, there is this story that's not being told a lot. People who are 
middle class or upper middle class leaving Florida because it's become unaffordable or insurance has been hard to get for your home or way too expensive for your home. And so people are uprooting and going other places. Uh, As for going to Houston, Houston will be a very, very, very different lifestyle than living really anywhere in Florida. And it is so radically different as a place to live that and fill in the blank any other place you might consider going to. Yes, you rent. You let that money that you would clear of the mortgage selling your home in Florida earn 5% in the marketplace right now. That's what money can earn. And you test drive Houston or any other city. Uh, Home prices are not escalating like they used to. They've generally stalled out. So there's no time risk to you waiting till you're sure that you want to put down roots where you're moving to. The other thing about Houston is Houston is spread out like you cannot believe. So Houston is referred to in one of the Superman movies as Planet Houston. And it kind of feels like it because it goes on forever. There's a whole planet. So there are so many sub-markets there that it's hard to know where you'd best want to settle with your child. So if it is Houston you want to try out, test drive it with a rental of a rental home or a rental apartment or townhouse or whatever. And then if it's like, yeah, this is where we want to be, then you buy the home. George in Ohio is circling back to your what you talked about in the beginning of the show. Today is a milestone day for me. Thanks to you, Clark. Today I turned 59 and a half, and in 1999 I was 35 and driving home from work listening to you on the radio when you mentioned the Roth IRA and how it would grow tax-free. I didn't know how to explain it, but you hit a nerve, and I went home and joined Vanguard and made my first yearly maximum contribution of, I think, $1,000. I've been doing this max every year since, and today it totals a quarter of a million dollars plus some change and is officially today tax-free wealth. I always wanted to thank you in person, but I don't know if we will ever cross paths. I will never forget that day and how your words changed my financial journey in life, and it's made me a net millionaire today with all my other 401ks and brokerage investments. Not bad for someone who has worked making an average wage over the last 25 years in the retail business. On this milestone day, I wanted to express my sincerest gratitude to you, Clark, for inspiring me to find the path to financial independence. George? On a retail salary. George, you're really something impressive. Riding in your car at 35 and making that decision, remembering you got home and you opened that account, and here we are 24 years later, and look what you've accomplished in your life. And I hope that regardless, as you're listening or watching this podcast, that you take inspiration from that. I was talking earlier about average child Roth starting at 13 years old. The reality is most people don't even start thinking about saving for the long haul till they're in their 40s. But you at 35 made that change. And now here you are a millionaire. That is fantastic. I can't even begin to tell you 24 years from now, George, there are going to be people who are going to be saying, 
I owe this to George. You're now an official member of Team Clark who made a difference in your own life. And now, looking forward, making a difference in many other people's lives. You're choking up on this, aren't you? Yeah, I just love it. And, And it's not about money. You know, money's not something you worship. It's about the options this is offering you, the opportunity to move forward in your life as you move into your 60s and do what you want, how you want, because of the choice you made one day at 35 years old. I'm so excited for you and so proud of you and grateful to you for sharing the story because of the other people you're going to help and inspire today. Coming up ahead, what a transition. Talking about something that could make putting that money together irrelevant. You get killed by a pharmacy giving you the wrong prescription. It's happening, and here's what you need to know straight ahead. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm going to share something with you, not to terrify you, but actually to have you do something to protect yourself or a family member. Story in the LA Times about a report from the Board of Pharmacy in California. How many times in a year is someone just in California alone given the wrong med filled at the pharmacy counter? Your doctor or nurse practitioner or physician assistant writes that script. It goes in, usually electronically, so you don't have to worry about bad handwriting. And then the pharmacy workers, so overworked and on these ridiculous quotas that they have to do at different chains, make mistakes. And let me tell you, those pharmacists and those pharmacy techs, they care. They don't want to kill somebody. They don't want to harm somebody. But 5 million plus times in a single year, in one state, people were given the wrong meds. One of our employees was given the wrong med and recovered, but caused her harm. I mean, this is, this is something that's not just anecdotal. This is happening every day. Overwhelmingly, according to research from the Times, where are the errors happening? They're happening at CVS and Walgreens because of the intense quotas the employees are under. In a survey done of pharmacists at CVS and Walgreens, 91% of the pharmacists said that they're being not provided enough staff to provide adequate patient care. So guess what? According to 
this report in the LA Times, the pharmacies are supposed to disclose it. Roughly 40% of the time, they're not even disclosing that they did an oops and prescribed somebody the wrong med. Errors can happen anywhere. This is a fatal one. Fatal. Best guess, nearly 10,000 of our fellow Americans are dying every year because the wrong script was given to them. Unbelievable. The story goes on and on. And I don't want to make you paranoid. I want to make you careful. I don't want to make you cynical. I want you to do the proper homework. And what can you do? You usually know, hopefully, what script it is a doctor wanted for you. And many times you can just look on the bottle and it will have the wrong med on there. A lot of medicines have these stupid names that are similar to other meds. Pharmacy techs and pharmacists under these quotas at the chains are pushed to do so many prescriptions that things fall through the cracks. It's up to you to check that. And the problem could happen somewhere else. It's just there's not an adequate safety net based on this report at CVS and Walgreens. I mean, not only are CVS and Walgreens doing you such a favor that here in 2023, you know what things are going to cost elsewhere in about 2050, but they're also not using all that gigantic extra money you have to pay in those places to do the QC they should be doing. So you have to do your own quality control. You have to make sure you're getting the right thing. You can go online. You can see what the pill is supposed to look like from the manufacturer. See, on the bottle, it'll tell you not just what the script they filled, but from that manufacturer, what that pill should look like. And you'll be able to see online visual representation of what that pill should look like. I mean, we talked before about the counterfeit issue. This isn't that. This is where people doing the right thing most of the time do the wrong thing occasionally, doesn't get caught, and you could be harmed, or a family member could be harmed, or a friend could be harmed. And that's why you can trust, but you need to verify. And as I've said over and over again, in my continuing pummeling of CVS and Walgreens for thing after thing after thing, either of you are allowed to have a rep come on the podcast and have a conversation rebutting any of the things I've said about CVS and Walgreens. Why do I pick on CVS and Walgreens so much? They are a symptom of the problems wrong with healthcare in the United States that you and I are not really the customer, that most of the times we're looked at as just chopped liver, that the real action is the health plan that said, this is where you're supposed to go fill your med. And so normal market forces aren't functioning as they should. Okay, we'll go to some questions. Brian in North Carolina says, my wife and I have been looking for a trusted financial advisor for several years, but we're finding it difficult to find that person. I have a good friend and past coworker who after many years in sales had the opportunity to get into financial advising. He is someone I trust. I've had several calls with my friend to review my finances and have received a couple of recommendations on my current investments. The first included getting term life insurance outside of what I pay that I pay for through my current employer, which I understand. His second recommendation is the one I'm really struggling with. My wife and I have approximately $700,000 in fidelity target date, date funds. I'm 50. My wife is 44 and I would like the ability to retire at 65. 
My friend recommends a, he goes through the name of it, but it's a variable annuity, which tracks the S&P 500. This product has a 20% buffer and 90% performance cap and no fees. The product history shows that it has far outperformed my Fidelity Index funds over the years. Are you familiar with this investment vehicle? And what are your thoughts? Your friend, Brian, should be a friend that you do things with and whatever, but not invest with. Uh, someone at 50 and 44, couple at 50 and 44, should in no way, not any day, take money that's growing tax deferred or tax free, depending on if you're, uh, I assume this 700000 is in some form of retirement account because you should only be in target retirement funds inside a retirement vehicle. Uh, otherwise, you should be in straight index funds. But the pitch that it's no cost for that variable annuity, variable annuities have massive costs embedded in them, giant costs, and very unfavorable tax treatment generally later in life when you want to use some of the money. The big pitch is that your downside is you can only lose 20% on your money where the stock market could go to nothing. But as I've talked about in the past, stock markets up typically 70% of years, down roughly 30% of years, more or less. Long term at your age, you're far better off continuing to do something equivalent to what you're doing than going into this variable annuity. I can tell by the pitch for a variable annuity, your good friend is not operating as a fiduciary, meaning that they're signing a legal agreement to do only what's in your best interest. I would like for you to go see a fee-only financial planner who is a fiduciary. You'll have to pay him or her for their time. Um, we have recommendations how to find one on Clark.com because you said you haven't been able to find one. And I'm, uh, your friend may be a wonderful person, but I don't think the advice you're getting is wonderful. And the friend may not even realize that it's really bad that, advice. Yeah, that the annuity, variable annuity is a terrible choice. This is from Rafi in California. I read your new, read your newsletters regularly. I'd like your thoughts on buying a used Tesla EV specifically. So there are so many Teslas in the marketplace now, and older Teslas have depreciated quite a bit. When you buy an older Tesla, the big risk is the battery pack. Battery packs have proven to be unbelievably reliable to this point in Teslas. And it's hard to even do what I talk about with a gas engine vehicle, having a good eval of that vehicle by an independent mechanic. It's like a box they can't see inside. And there's no good way to know if that battery pack is going to remain reliable. And that's why you can buy a used Tesla at such a great price. So there is risk involved. If you buy it from Tesla, you'll pay more for a used Tesla than you would from an independent seller. The Tesla then gives you coverage for that battery, which is really the principal cost of buying a used electric vehicle. Tesla then backs up that used battery that you're buying for a reasonable period of time. And this is from Caesar in Virginia. 
Has anyone called or written in about GE refrigerators pulling a ripoff scheme similar to the printer cartridges? No, no. Our fridge. DRM? Yeah, our fridge from 2019 that came with the house works with the cheaper generic water filters from Amazon. My in-laws bought a new house in 2022 that came with the G as well, and theirs has an RFID sensor that knows when a generic filter is installed. Not only does it throw an error, but it won't even let them dispense any water. OEM filters can cost as much as $50, while generics can be found for about $9 or less if you subscribe. I know, not recommended, but still. There are hacks available to trick the sensor, but nothing I would recommend to an elderly couple due to its complexity. You might want to warn listeners about this ridiculous money grab. I wonder if other appliance manufacturers are doing the same thing. Oh, my goodness, Caesar. No one has told me that GE has decided that Hewlett-Packard's way of cheating their own customers was a good business plan. So it was a law passed forever ago by Congress that was to try to stamp out counterfeiting. It's a digital rights management law, DRM. And it's been perverted first by Hewlett-Packard and now by the imitators of what Hewlett-Packard came up with, where they require for no practical reason or purpose that you use their own proprietary stuff like printer cartridges from HP, or in this case, if this is something that becomes widespread at GE, using DRM saying that you must use their frightfully overpriced filters. Oh my goodness. And this is all a law of unintended consequences. Congress passed this for one purpose, and there are companies that have done the wrong thing trying to use this as a way to rip off their own loyalists, their own customers. This is atrocious and horrific. And again, something that we've not heard from anybody, and it's inexcusable improper, bad behavior, bad behavior. Hewlett-Packard, that was started by two incredible technology pioneers, now behaves so badly with how they treat people who buy their printers. Uh, Guess how many Hewlett-Packard printers we own? I'm guessing zero. Zero. You actually gave me your old one. (laughs) Yeah, I I won't own one. I won't do it. Because this is such a despicable practice. Remember Keurig started doing this years and years ago? Yeah, and people had to come up with a workaround to Keurig doing it. So this is a plague attacking consumers by, again, companies that are punishing you for being loyal to their brand. So I hope this GE thing is just a freak occurrence happened on this one model of refrigerator. And this isn't what GE has decided is a thing they're going to do as a company to cheat their own customers. And that's what this is, by the way. This is cheating you as a customer. It's a hot button in mind. I think you can tell. <laughs> uh huh. So who can you trust? Well, I hope you can trust us. I hope we give you information you can trust at Clark.com. Deals you can trust at ClarkDeals.com. And know what we're about. We're about you learning ways to save more, spend less, and avoid getting ripped off. And have a great rest of your day.